living God would confirm the truths of God the Father, the revelation of God the Father through his Son, Yeshua, the equipping and the anointing of the Ruach. Because we're not just here on this earth to live all our days, but we are here to be filled with the Ruach, fulfilling the Father's will and building God's kingdom in the hearts and minds of people. It is so sad this day that many believers are so consumed with their church buildings. They don't fully recognize and understand that the holy temple of the Most High God dwells within his people. And the Lord's not going to be bringing up to the heavens these buildings, these properties, these things. But he's bringing his temples, which is us, where the spirit of the living God resides. Father, may we as a body of Messiah recognize these days. May we not be pushed to and fro by every word of doctrine, by false prophets and false apostles of our day. Wolves, as it was promised in the scriptures, would come among God's flock to deceive and mislead and take them away from your presence. Father, may we hear the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is speaking expressively to these individual temples of the God Most High. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Part 4 of Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, Jesus Shalakim, Acts chapter 26, and today we will be beginning in verse 9. Acts 26 and verse 9. Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, is now seizing a moment. If he would be able to plant the seeds of the good news in the individual who is Herod Agrippa's heart, could not the whole nation be changed? Absolutely. But God has given everyone a free will. You may have a child in your family, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle, who have pushed aside the good news. You've able, been able to demonstrate it both in word and indeed the love of Messiah. They've actually witnessed the transformation of your own life. Yet they have pushed that all aside. They have not received and embraced the lover of your soul, who is Messiah. How many of us parents or brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, are in a point of grieving, knowing that at any moment that that person's eternal destiny can be sealed? Here, Rav Shaul is now relating to a distant relative, Herod Agrippa. Because Herod Agrippa's mother was from a Jewish line. And so with this, he wanted this distant relative to come to know Messiah. Was he not also a son of Abraham? Absolutely. Did he understand 
or hear what the prophets of the Tanakh had shared? Absolutely. He was well-versed in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. And for us who have, are part of the body of Messiah who have been grafted in, think for a moment. If you were to open your Bible, which no one owned at that time, personally, because it's too expensive. But if you had access to the Torah scrolls, it began in Genesis Berjit in the Hebrew, and it ended in, not like the Christian Bible, Malachi, but in Second Chronicles. And Matthew, through Revelation, was not even written yet. So those who have been grafted in need to put this in their minds. That Matthew, through Revelation, could not be quoted by the Apostle Paul. Why? Because they have not been written yet. This was the first century. This was the times of these books that were in the process of being lived out. So when Rav Shaul speaks of the prophets, have you ever thought about this for a moment? Name me one prophet who wrote the Brit Hadashah books. There's not one. All of them were apostles. And some of them were not even the original 12 apostles. We heard today in the Torah reading the book of Jude. In Hebrew, his name is Yehuda. That was one of Yeshua's younger half-brothers. Because Yeshua's father is Abba God. He shared his mother with his siblings. All of his siblings. Yaakov, James. And it does not mention the names of the sisters that Yeshua had. They were born from another father. Now some of you who are hearing me say this probably for the very first time, they think, what are you saying, Rabbi Frank, that Miriam, Mary, committed adultery? Absolutely not. For the Ruach came upon her, and Yeshua was conceived. So every child that was born from the union between Miriam, Mary, and Yosef, Joseph, that was born after their coming together as husband and wife were from a different father, but having the same mother. This is an illustration for you to fully understand the separation of the Tanakh, which is Genesis through Second Chronicles, and they were all arranged in a different order, as Alan just mentioned. But to understand that, that in Jeremiah 31, 31, it says this, that God will now establish a new covenant, a Brit Hadashah, 
in the future. But that future of the writing of the Brit Hadashah had not come into place yet. But the payment of the Brit Hadashah, Yeshua on his last Passover, he died and he rose from the dead. With his own precious blood, he purchased the right of their becoming a new covenant. Because my Jewish brothers and sisters were never able to fulfill their portion of the Torah and the law. So there had to be a new covenant established. But it had to go to the Jew first. And so think about this. Here is the main leader of the Jewish people. At this time is Herod Agrippa. Recognized by Rome, of Jewish lineage, not from the house of David, not from the tribe of Judah, but someone who was placed by Rome. And so Rav Shaul is recognizing this. And so as he's, he's now presenting his testimony, and he's bearing witness to the good news the Roman governor here, he can't take this any longer in his mind. He's thinking that Rav Shaul has literally lost his mind because he's not from the culture or the heritage, the upbringing of the Jewish people. But poor Bernice and Herod Agrippa here it's undeniable to them the sin that they are currently in. And what is that sin? That a brother and sister are married, man and wife. And they know that. They know what the Ten Commandments say. They know what the Holy Prophets said about you're not to have relations, close relations, with a close family member as husband and wife. And so all these things are going on in the mind and the hearts of both Bernice and Herod Agrippa. The purity of the good news. But they have a free will. And so let us begin now in Acts chapter 26, verse 9. I used to think it was my duty to do all I could to combat this name of Yeshua from Nazareth. Why? Because Rav Shaul, in that prior state, believed that he was a false prophet who had lying signs and wonders and had deceived many people through these demonic incantations that he tapped into the power of Hasatan. That's why Yeshua's own words, he says, a house divided cannot stand. When they accused him by doing these signs and wonders by the power and authority of Beelzebub. But Rav Shaul is revealing to him, Herod Agrippa, just as you now perceive Yeshua, that's how I perceive Yeshua. 
So going forward here in verse 10. And in Jerusalem I did so. After receiving authority from the head koinim, I myself threw many of God's people. Now is he speaking of Gentiles who've come to know Messiah? No, he's speaking about Messianic Jews. Going forward here. I threw many of God's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Often I went from synagogue to another, punishing them. Gentiles who came to know Messiah? No, Messianic Jews. And trying to make them blaspheme. And in my wild fury against them, I even went so far as to persecute them in the cities outside my country. To make them blaspheme. We go a little bit deeper here. That is trying to them to denounce Yeshua by threatening them with death unless they recanted. You know what's happening in the world right now? Biblical believers are becoming more and more persecuted. They're finding themselves in the place where their beliefs and their testimony of walking with the Lord, their employment is at risk. Relationships within their own family. There's turmoil. Just recently with the Supreme Court decision to turn over the ruling and the law in each state to be made up by by the legislators of that state of whether or not the murder of innocent babies created in the image likeness of God has now been turned over to the states. This has been a time of separation. And believers who believe, and maybe in the past we've gone to these abortion clinics, peacefully walked around them, prayed, prayed for those doctors that were committing murder, harvesting of these organs of children, created an image and likeness of God, profiting by their deaths. We have prayed, we've interceded for an overturning of Roe versus Wade. Some people have fasted, some people have prayed for years in peaceful demonstration. I know this, that here in the near future, if you put anything on your Facebook or in simple conversation, I know in my secular workplace, I've been on vacation, I'll be going back there. And they know where my heart is on this matter. I know that there are those, there are women there and even men that believe right now what the Supreme Court has done 
is a violation of women's rights. We are now poised as believers. God's going to let our light shine as never before. There will be hatred, and just as Alan shared last Shabbat about persecution, there are times when I've heard believers say this, I wish we lived in Bible times. Do you fully understand that in the first century, our brothers and sisters of Messiah, both Jews, Messianic Jews, and those who've been grafted in the commonwealth of Israel, had to literally give up their own lives. They were fired from their employment. They were, they were taken, they were kicked out of their homes that they're renting. The property that they worked on was taken away from them. And yet God provided them in the midst of that. I truly believe that what's going to be happening in the United States and the round of the world, the persecution is going to come upon the body of Messiah as never before. Did not Yeshua say in his own words, there's coming a time when there will be enmity, division between husband and wife, mother and daughter, father and son. This will all come about. Why? Because the Lord is coming back for his bride without spot or wrinkle. Are you willing to sacrifice your job, your home, everything you possess on this earth and hold on to Messiah and be a light and God's voice to a dying world that's on the way to destruction are you willing to stand in the gap that's what Rav Shaul is doing here he's standing in the gap and he's sharing I used to be just like you Herod Agrippa who knew about Yeshua but up to that point his life had rejected him and so now Rav Shaul continues as a comparison with his own life he goes on in verse number 12. On one such occasion, I was traveling to Damascus with full authority and power of the head koinim. And I was on the road, and it was at noon, your majesty, when I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun around me with my traveling companions. You know what's going on? And Herod Agrippa's mind and Bernice, they were familiar with the Tanakh. They were f familiar with Joshua. When the Lord's angel appeared before him, they were familiar with Father Abraham having conversation. And seeing God when he came to visit him with two angels and they broke bread. They were also familiar with Moshe, Moses. After many years serving as a shepherd of his father-in-law. And all of a sudden one day he's out tending the sheep an ordinary day. 
And then he sees a light burning on a bush. And he watches it for a while, and it's not consumed. So that grabs his curiosity, and he walks there, and he hears a voice. Rav Shaul has Agrippa and Bernice's full attention. Because he's speaking directly to them. For they know this, even in their sin state, that the prophets of God's words are yes and amen. They are true. So going forward here. I was on the road and it was noon, your majesty, when I saw light from heaven brighter than the sun shining all around me and my traveling companions. When I fell to the ground and then I heard a voice saying to me in Hebrew, and many of us who come from the nations don't understand the significance of that one word. Hebrew. What was and is the language that the Tamak was written in? The Hebrew language. Remember, the Brit Hadashah has not been written. And so this now has a focal point where I believe Herod Agrippa is now looking straight in the eyes of Rav Shaul. The next word here. Shaul, Shaul, why do you keep persecuting me? Did Moshe hear that from the burning bush? Did Joshua hear that during his encounter? How about Father Abraham? What Rav Shaul is doing and admitting to and confessing, he's walking in disobedience and rebellion to the revelation of God Most High, revealing to him in a way that was undeniable to him. He's not hallucinating here because he sees the sun. And where's the sun at noontime? It's directly above him. But here's a light far greater than the Son. That's God the Father through Yeshua's calling card that's undeniable to him. And anyone hearing that testimony, the high priest or any Jewish person that Rav Shaul ever came across and to begin to share that testimony, it was undeniable to them who was speaking and relating himself to them. And think about this. Who is God's greatest prophet who ever lived? But Yeshua himself. And Rashul, prior to this time, don't, does not even recognize him as being a true prophet of God. Can you imagine the rebuke? Can you imagine the dismantling of your belief and faith? 
Rav Shaul at this moment instance is coming to the point of being undone. Just like Isaiah when the Lord revealed himself to him. Now what was Isaiah's confession? I'm a man of unclean lips amongst the people of unclean lips. This is a moment of seeing God face to face. Think of Rav Shul as a young boy, hearing of these times and these visitations of God himself literally, being jealous of Moshe, being jealous of Avraham. God, if you really exist, show me. What does God say in his word? You will find me if you search me with all your heart. See, there was not a single living rabbi, not one single high priest, not one single Levite who could testify to Rav Shaul to reach him in his present state. It had to be literally Yeshua, the manifestation of the equality and divine representation of God the Father. Let's go forward here. I was on the road, I was on the road and it was noon, your majesty, when I saw light from heaven, brighter than the sun shining around me and my traveling companions. We all fell to the ground. Then I heard a voice saying to me in Hebrew, Shaul, Shaul. Can you imagine that? God is speaking to him. He's calling him by his own name. I'm sure in Rav Shaul's heart at that time, he's ready to hear, Thou are doing well, and what you're doing is pleasing in my sight. See, because Rav Shaul believed in the depth of his soul, he was honoring God. And he was causing his own Jewish people to be saved from their eternal destruction. Have you ever complimented from that standpoint? Let's go forward here. In Hebrew, Shaul, why do you keep persecuting me? He hears the voice, but he's completely undone. How have I persecuted you? But I know your word is true. My heart is deceitful. But I hear your voice. Shaul, Shaul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard on you to be kicking against the ox goats. I said, who are you, sir? This 
message can't not be coming from God. I've been honoring him. I have endorsement from the high priest. How could I be wrong? There are times when we have thoughts. We have doctrines. Where the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, has to bring light to it. Have you walked with the Lord and there have been times when there have been teachers that come across and for a time you saw that person as the know-all, an oracle, literal oracle? You've placed them in your lives as being an apostle or as a prophet and you didn't notice but they started to twist the scripture. We are to be people who hear the voice of the Ruach. We are to be people who read God's word so that the veil of deception will be removed from our eyes that will walk in God's light as never before. And my brothers and sisters, we live in the days when there's great deception going on. There are men and women who are standing in the pulpits around the world and teaching twisted truths where they have a sprinkling of God's word and then they go off because they're under great deception. And Hasatan, the father of lies, is leading both them and those who are following him astray. It is so important now than any other time in our lives to know God's word and to allow the spirit of living God to speak to us. To be like the men of Berea who heard Rav Shaul when he preached from the Tanakh and then they sifted it as they opened up the scrolls. And they read line upon line, precept upon precept. Is this yes and amen? Did the prophets in the sealed book of the Tanakh, did they speak on these things? Or is this man leading us astray? Continuing here. I said, who are you, sir? See, he's being honest. He's being transparent before Herod Agrippa. Even though I see this light, and I know the stories how God had appeared in the light of his glory, his Shekinah. Yet he asks, who are you, sir? And who answered? The Lord answered, and think about this, what are his words here? I am. We have to pause there. Because when the Shekinah, this Shekinah glory appears, what did Adonai say to Moshe? I am. Continuing here. I am 
Yeshua. In most translations, the word there, I am Jesus. But in the Hebrew, he is saying, I am he who saves. He has been rebuked by God's representation, who is Yeshua Jesus, who is salvation, and saying, you're persecuting me. Did he have access to Yeshua to harm him in any shape or form? No, but he had access to those who belonged to the shepherd, and he was persecuting them. So when a believer, whether they're grafted in or part of the natural leaves of the of, of the, uh, the olive tree of Israel. It does not matter. When you're being persecuted, Yeshua feels and knows our pain. He's our provision as we face persecution. Going forward here. I'm Yeshua, you're persecuting me. Not once but a second time. Has the spirit of living God ever got your attention? And there was a secret sin that you are currently committing and said to you, you are sinning. You need to repent. If we're honest with ourselves, we're not perfect, are we not? God is allowed sin into our lives, but he's also allowed a provision that we would not succumb to any temptation or trial. He will only allow certain ones to come to us, which he already knows that we have victory in him to be an overcomer. Right now, God is judging his bride. God is speaking to his bride. He's saying to his bride, come from out of the world. Separate yourself. Do you have oil for your lamp? Are you prepared for your bridegroom to come for you? Are you allowing the spirit of the living God to reside in you? If you see right now what's happening in a lot of these mega congregations, people are fleeing. Why? Because they don't have a personal relationship with Messiah. And the decision that our Supreme Court has recently made, we also have to make a decision. Are we going to be living by God what God's word says? I'm expecting one day to go to my workplace and they're going to walk up to me and say, Rabbi Frank, how do you define a woman? What's my answer? My answer is this. What is a woman? This is a woman. If she was formed in the image and likeness, biologically, 
and came out with the internal organs of a female, then she's a woman. But if that child came out with the internal and exterior organs of a male, then they are a male. And not by surgery or wishful thinking or anything are you anything else than the way God has ordained you to be. In my workplace, that will be in the near future grounds for termination of employment. I'm not afraid because God is my provision. We're to stand by God's word, his holy truth, and nothing else. Continuing here. Yeshua says, get up, stand on your feet. I appear to you to appoint you to serve and to bear witness to what you have already seen of what? Of me, of Yeshua. His resurrection at that very moment was proved to him beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeshua is no longer living on the earth or laying dead in a grave, but he is risen and he's alive. And think about this from this perspective. This perspective is this. Rav Shul being a parush, which is a Pharisee, who believed in the resurrection of the dead. He sees now his Mashiach, his Messiah. Undeniable. God's word and the words of the prophets. Part five, we'll be getting into a listing of all, not all, but a majority of Tanakh scriptures that prove that Yeshua is the Messiah. When Yeshua spoke these words to him, these were the verses that were permeating his heart and soul. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God, were bringing all these verses to his mind and heart. Proof of the resurrection. Proof that angels existed. Proof that God desired to redeem his people. Going forward here, and we'll end very, very soon. Get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you to serve and bear witness to what you've already seen of me and what you will see when I appear to you in the future. You know, there's testimonies going on around the world right now of people living in societies that if you would even have a Bible in your possession or if you even confessed to know that Jesus, Yeshua, is the Messiah, you would be put to death. And some of you think, well, that's just the Muslim countries. 
China, portions of Russia, and many other nations are going down that path. Do you fully understand that the teachings of the holy prophets of old, the greatest of being Yeshua, the world is now turning. Where what God's word says in certain communities is hate speech. Because they have a different identity. There's now, as has been, a separation. We as believers, we're not going to be able to hide any longer. Praise God. Do you fear persecution? You know, it's, Yeshua said this, those who are my Talmudim must do what? Pick up their execution stake and carry it. We're not to be afraid. For the Lord will fill us with his ruach. Are we interceding? Are we praying for our children? Are we praying for our co-workers to come to know Messiah? Time's running out, my brothers and sisters. So, Father, we come before you at this time. We lift up our family members who have been pushing Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, revelation of God the Father, the good news aside, our co-workers. We pray for their hearts and souls right now. We pray that the Ruach, who just, as the scripture says, revealed himself, either through a demonstration of Yeshua in person or by the conviction. And we pray for right now conviction to envelop the hearts and souls and minds of our loved ones, our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers. Conviction but not condemnation. And may God, you use us and others to open up our mouths and share the good news with them. To demonstrate both in word and in deed the good news and the hope and the power and the light that is in us. This we ask in Yeshua's name.